So hi, one of the Good Noise podcasts. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... I'm Mikey. Oh, sorry. I'm Mikey from The Gloom in the Corner. And we're asking some questions to say about their upcoming album, Trinity. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to the announcement so far? Um, Yeah, pretty... Like, we're super stoked with everything, of course. I think, like, uh, this is... Compared to, like, the last releases, this has definitely been, like, a huge influx of people. And we're really happy with the response. Um, for people who don't know, like, we're a concept band as well. So, like, the biggest thing that we've been seeing is a lot more people talking about the war and everything um which is really cool because it means that my hard work and due diligence is paying off with it um but yeah no it's it's really cool to see we're super excited to start dropping the album on the 28th it is 28th yep the album is fucking awesome dude it's insane yeah thank you (laughs) of course can can you tell we lost our minds making it like just (laughs) just a little bit but it like uh, i'm uh, take the comparison with a grain of salt, but I compare it to like the best parts of Ice Nine Kills the Silver Scream and a lot of parts of Crown of the Empire's The Fallout. Like, mm-hmm. See, it's really interesting. I, it's really interesting that you say that because like, I, I love Ice Nine Kills. I love that record when it came out. I think that was mm-hmm. my album of the year back in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of funny because like that, that was kind of around the time that we started solidifying everything for Trinity um so we've been sitting on this album for a hot minute Jesus. um with the exception of a couple of songs i think new order hadn't been done yet and i think uh a few other songs hadn't been done yet and we have like the whole orchestral side of things as well and then ice nine came out with the whole cinematic um cinema core kind of tag and i was like oh fuck <laughs> yeah oh, um but I, i'm also a huge fan of the johnny ringo trilogy as well um i should go back and actually listen to the fallout in full properly as well um to see if how much of it has actually subconsciously transferred over Mm because we get that comparison quite a bit um but yeah no i i it's two names that i love or loved growing up so i'm super stoked that that made their way into the music hell yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, so is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art Yes. So as I said, like we're, we're a concept band um, and our story focuses on three individuals from like the way that like the law kind of works is we like to see it as like a TV show. Right. Um, so all of our releases up until Ultima Pluvia in 2020 focused on one arc and one set of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of the start of the new arc and focuses on a new set of characters. Um who are actually characters who died in our old arc and Trinity focuses on their journey through hell to come back to the life, come back to life in like a Dante divine comedy kind of styled tale. Um, So Trinity represents like the three characters. uh, Of course, it also kind of represents the album as a whole um, because the way that we kind of like to see it is it's split up into three acts. Um, There's a lot, of symbolism around the around the number three as well like there's um like they have to obtain like three items in order to perform this ritual and get back to the realm of the living and stuff like that so Mm. there's a whole heap of different like little uh pieces i guess you could say that represent like the number three throughout the record but like those are kind of the main two so the album art is um set in the story from the point of track nine gravity 
which is when they actually perform the ritual and that's where like the portal is and stuff like that and they're fighting off like a horde of demons and all that fun stuff um so that's where that's where the album art comes from and again kind of funny story with the album art um i had that planned out like four or five years ago like i knew exactly what i wanted the artwork to be mm-hmm. um and then i think it was in november of 2020 i think microsoft put up a post uh was it advertising like a new minecraft expansion pack and it is like shot for shot pretty much a replica oh. of that album art i'm like are oh you my fucking God. kidding you guys me? sat on the record for too long first <laughs> exactly. ice kills did it first i know <laughs> and then microsoft did it first i think it was like i think there's like three characters there's like a portal it's in like the nether realm and shit like that oh i'm like are you God. fucking kidding me <laughs> that's, that's too ridiculous good. that's too good i know it's wild i was like that's fine it's minecraft nobody's gonna care but <laughs> so do you ever want to make this into like a movie franchise if you ever have oh, like the budget the for it yeah. oh my god because just oh, that's so crazy because you have an entire fleshed out story that's incredible yeah we are uh, i mean we try to get as close as we can with uh the music videos within mm-hmm. logistical uh what's the term as clo- just as close as we can get um so I think Ronan's probably like the music video for Ronan was probably the closest we've actually gotten to dropping people into that world. Pandora's box does a pretty good job of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and to a certain extent for, I guess from heaven to hell with like the green screen stuff at the end and introducing the characters. Um, but yeah, we always like, we've always wanted to kind of drop people into that world or make them feel as if they're in that world as, or as close as we can to getting it. I love that. Dude, oh yeah you're that's crazy oh yeah um so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album yeah sure um a lot of it started in uh i mean like uh, there are some songs which have kind of been on the back burner for a long time that have just been reworked i guess over time like i think red clouds has been around since before gloom has been has been around itself which is oh, like wow. six years hmm. um but there's just been different interpretations of it or different variations of it um but a lot of it kind of started being solidified, I guess, around probably 2019, 2020. Because um, we got to 2020 and we were like, oh, we we need one more push before we start like actually sitting down and doing this record just to kind of like boost streams, uh, boost numbers, like that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, so like we kind of finalized everything throughout 2020 while putting out Ultima Pluvia because we already had those songs pretty much ready to go. Um, unfortunately also COVID hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think what kind of added to the bat shittery, I guess, of Trinity of Trinity is that because I had so much time in lockdown, I just kind of go over the songs like all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Um and like there'd be little things added here and there. There'd be things like chopped and changed. There'd you know, it goes through it goes through cycles pretty much. Um and yeah, so like a lot of it was kind of finalized by the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we started looking at uh producers and everything for the record because it was it was kind of at that point looking like we were coming out of lockdown here in Melbourne. For those who don't know, like we had extremely harsh lockdowns. Yes. Um I think we spent 285 days or something like that in Jesus. lockdown, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. Um it's like five days so, here in the US. Dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <Right? laughs> freedom but um 
Yeah, so we like we we started talking about it in yeah, I want to say December ish. Um, because that was when we had Jeff and Tuck on board as well as management, and we were like passing it around to them. We we're like, "What do you guys think? Who, who should we go with?" Kind of thing. Like, we haven't really been happy, for lack of a better term, with a lot of the producers that we've worked with down here. It's not to say that like they were bad. It's just like we didn't kind of achieve the goal every single time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we'd find that you know like things that didn't make it into final versions of songs, um you know, were, did actually need to make it, um, from a vocal performance, especially for myself as well. I felt like I never had the proper time to sit down and do the vocals properly in a way that I wanted to either just because of time restraints and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and so we pitched to one producer, um, and we sent him everything and he was like, look, I can work on stuff and I can produce stuff and I can, you know, help you guys with the soundscape. Um, but realistically where like, you're just paying me to press record. Like I'm not really going to do all that much to these songs because they're so well thought out and fleshed out Mm -hmm. that I'm not sure how much you, you guys are actually going to get out of it. He's like, even from like the atmospheric and, um, I guess production side of things, which is what that producer is more known for. Mm -hmm. Um, he was he was even like, look, you guys pretty much have that down like 95%. Like, I'm not sure how much like I'm going to actually be able to do. So we decided at the start of 2021, roughly, um, because I just got my new computer as well and I have a degree in audio engineering that um, we just decided to do everything ourselves. And like we uh, conferred with our mixer and master, Jeff Dunn, who's done everything since Flesh and Bones. Um and he was like, yeah, look, I'm happy to handhold you guys like through the way. This is what like the kind of gear you should be getting. This is what you should be aiming for tonally. Like this is how you should be editing stuff, like just stuff that I would do. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. So we did that and that's pretty much how it came to be. And I think we got the bulk of it done by, or bulk of the recording done by May-ish because that was the aim. Um, but then we had little things along the way that didn't actually get finalized until like January this year. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So obviously you guys are a concept band first and foremost, when you're writing, is it like you have, like, does the idea kind of come with the music or do you have an idea beforehand and then you write to that? So, um, they kind of come like in tandem, I guess. So I'll generally plot out most of the story first. Um, and then I'll write the music based around the story or what I want happening to be sorry what i want for the music to be doing in the story um to a certain degree I'll, i think i was saying to someone the other day like if you strip back like all the main instruments of trinity you'll find that there's like a whole like orchestral layer kind mm-hmm. of under there that you could actually use as like a soundscape for a movie and stuff like that and i think that's kind of what gives trinity its charm i guess compared to other releases that we've had in the past Mm-hmm. Um, is that there's like that whole foundation there. Like it, the songs wouldn't be the songs without everything going on underneath it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like generally when, when it comes to the songs itself, sometimes it'll be like lyrics-ish first and then music. But most of the time, I want to say probably like 75% of the time, um, the music will come first before the lyrics, but the story will always come first before that. Okay. So then since you kind of write to the story, does that help kind of build your track list as you go? Yep. 
yeah so i mean that's uh yeah it, it does kind of build a track list so as I said like i kind of plot most of the story out and what i want happening in each track beforehand so like, i've started doing uh the next record already and other a few other things and just kind of like plotting out what i want each track to be what i want it to sound like like um i go i get pretty meticulous with it to a certain degree as well like i'll start like deciding keys or tunings um like that kind of thing and like references maybe to like other songs or like other atmospheric sounds or movies a lot of it comes from movies and pop culture and stuff like that too especially video games um that i kind of like base like as a reference off to kind of like get me going because what kind of happens is i'll try and like make like a, a version of a song that i think is pretty what i consider to be like a rip of another song and then generally what happens is about halfway through something will click and i'll go off and do something completely different from that but it was inspired from that click okay mm -hmm. so yeah makes sense okay wow um so you have a lot of notable features on this album how mm -hmm. did those happen and what was it like working with everybody did you present the songs to them did you write with them what how did all of that work out um so i guess kind of given the nature of how we write and everything and because of the story um we do like we do work pretty closely with mm -hmm. the guest vocalists in general uh, the only ones that we didn't really work super closely with this time around was a lot of the bigger artists like Joe and Lauren and Rio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Kirby. Um, But we got tucked to kind of middleman it and I like would give them a full brief. So like, even though it's like, it's, even though like he's playing middleman, like there's still like a whole brief for them to like follow and stuff like that. But yeah. for the most part, like we're getting those vocalists on for them to do their own thing or to mm -hmm. bring their own flavor like i feel like a lot of guest vocalists to a certain degree with certain bands will be like oh we want you to do like this one thing and like that's it whereas i'm just like go bonkers with it do whatever the fuck you want mm -hmm. um do what you feel comfortable with and make it your own effectively because like that's that's kind of the point to me like growing up from like those i guess kind of old school days you could kind of say of like when people would get guest vocalists on when bands would get like friends on and like they just be like memorable guest vocal spots because mm -hmm. they're just completely batshit and that vocalist would just go nuts doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I very much wanted that same kind of feel. Was that like, hey, like, but like for example with Lauren's one, I'm like, hey, like here's like the melody that like I've roughly penned out. Like here's a phrasing and stuff like that. Um, do what you want with it. Yeah. Um, and so she did, which is awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, like it's uh, everybody else on that record, like we're friends with. Um, so like Monique from Relica, um, she's a really good example of someone that we worked really closely with because um, she actually does voice acting throughout the rest of the record as well. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. um, so like all the like all the female, all the female voicing and stuff like that in Not Hella Fury and Gravity and uh, The Whisper in Pandora's Box, like that's all Monique. Wow. Um, so we worked, me and Paul, our bassist worked pretty closely with her. She was just like, oh, I just want to make sure I get it right and stuff like that. Um, I'm like, yeah, no, like that's, that's all cool. So we had a couple of meetings about that. Um, and then everybody else was just kind of like, I said, like, just do y'all thing. Um, but yeah, so like we work kind of closely, like to a certain degree. Um, I'm pretty meticulous when it comes to the lyrics and stuff like that, because, for story reasons that mm -hmm. I have to be. Yeah. Um, 
But as far as like them actually doing everything, like melody wise, everything, I'd say that they get pretty much like full run of whatever mm-hmm. they want to do. Because it's, yeah, as I said to me, like it's, I want that vocalist to do what they're known for, you know, mm-hmm. kind yeah. of thing, or like what how, what they feel comfortable doing. So, absolutely. I mean, obviously, as Glory said, all the features were insane. But when the album was first sent over to us, I went right to that Ryan Kirby feature because I was like, holy hell. <laughs> like, went yeah. right to that shit. <laughs> and then listened to the rest it. of the record, but I was like, holy hell. Um, yeah. so, Mans kills it. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so what song on the album took longest to write and which one is your personal favorite? Fuck. I mean, like... It... Contextually, I guess time-wise, red clouds because it's it's been sitting in the bank for like seven or eight years. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been around for a long time, but I guess like it doesn't also really count because we've chopped and changed it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the one that I spent the most time on and being meticulous about was "Hail to the King," um, and it's also my favorite um, because like it's it's an eight-minute song of that shittery um (laughs) like it's the way that i mean kind of like the way that i think about guest vocalists is um the same way that i feel about closing tracks on records i feel like that not all the time but a lot of the time um you'll get to kind of a closing track on a record and it's just kind of like a throwaway song um for like a whole heap of various reasons but me that's kind of like grown up on my chem and um, a lot of those styles of bands or even like crown the empire is a prime example with like johnny ringo mm-hmm. um is that like i like a closing track that actually feels like a closing track and that there's been thought and everything put into it mm-hmm. um as opposed to just using like a throwaway song um so that's it's probably hail to the king for mul- for a multitude of different reasons from like story-wise perspective as well um but also just the song in general is kind of like we kind of like looked at the song itself and we're like how fucking bonkers can we make this song like how far can mikey push his adhd and (laughs) just completely fucking send it and so i did um shout out frank sinatra but that's why at the end of joker because that was like i was like struggling with the song super hard and then i went and saw joker and they closed the album, or they closed the film on That's Life by Frank Sinatra. And I was sitting there in cinema and I'm like, oh, I know what I need to do now with House of the King. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh my so, God. So, yeah, cool. probably, yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably Hail to the King. Nice. Yeah. Good pick. Uh, so, would you be able to tell us where your headspace was at while you were creating this record? All over the shop. Not surprised. <laughs> All over the shop. Um, I mean, I guess, like, the songs, like, the songs always, like, despite the fact that we have a story, like, the songs always come with a, in real life, I guess you could say, uh, juxtaposition to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it tackles, like, a whole heap of different various topics. You know, like, we have, like, stuff that tackles, like, anxiety um, and depression and everything. Uh, Ronan pretty much covers that. So does Pandora's Box and Obliteration Imminent. Um you know, we cover like loneliness as well. That's like covered in red clouds. Um, you know, we have fuck like gatekeeper is pretty much like a reflection of like the state of the world that we're kind of like being put into mm-hmm. by older generations, I guess, to a certain degree. Um, 
and just a lot of those kinds of topics kind of like ebb and flow out of um the record to a certain degree i'd like i'd say they're probably a little bit more buried i guess this time around compared to other albums and other releases because the story is just so full Mm -hmm. um that it doesn't leave like a lot of room to kind of be like oh this is just an emotional response i guess compared to last records and that's kind of something that i was consciously thinking of as well is just like making sure that the story is getting across and kind of sacrificing a few little things along the way if i have to um which is fine like i'm happy to do that like there's there's plenty of songs out there about like anxiety and depression and you know in heart's way got the state of the world covered for the most part so mm-hmm. straight from the past with you with euthanasia like yeah. um <clears throat> you know like we're, we're a concept driven band at the end of the day like we the main focus is telling the story um and if people start taking away other things from these lyrics and they find solace in these lyrics then we've also hit the mark so mm-hmm. hell yeah um so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time should they do it in the car with friends with dark with headphones on is a workout album party album what do you personally recommend <laughs> um with a big set of speakers in a living room oh yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um cranked in full so your neighbors hear it as well and they stream it on spotify okay but um uh yeah no probably the headphones or um yeah or like big speakers like there's there's a lot in this record that kind of get that kind of gets lost along the way um if you're using apple airpods um yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out apple um <laughs> or the speaker on the phone or oh speaker on the phone um you can't hear paul's gnarly bass tone if you're listening to it on your phone because that's <laughs> silly mm-hmm. um but yeah no i definitely say I, it's also an album that you kind of have to listen to a few times i feel like to really like grab everything mm-hmm. and it's not just from like a story perspective but just so like there's just so much in there like we throw in little easter eggs to pop culture and stuff like that as well um that a lot of people don't pick up on the first time around um you know there's so many different layers or melodies and stuff like that that people haven't necessarily hear sorry people that don't necessarily hear on the first run through mm-hmm. um but yeah i think like uh coach who was our vocal producer um for this record who like coached me with vocals he's a longtime friend um he was like the best way to listen to this record is by putting it on like a big set of speakers and like a good high quality set of speakers and listening to it through that because that way you can hear like everything yeah um so yeah that's my recommendation oh yeah love it uh, so this one should be super, super quick off the top of your head. I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. Three words, no more, no less. Fuck. Um, <laughs> chaotic. Okay. Uh, fuck. Um, this should be super quick. Is that quick. one of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, actually. Um, okay. <laughs> actually, no, I have three words here on my wall. Alive, ah ha ha ha, fuck. <laughs> that's perfect. That yeah, is that's, perfect. I think that perfectly <laughs> describes the album, honestly. Yeah. Honestly, I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah, like, by the end of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know Story-wise, like, everything alive, ah ha ha, fuck. Fuck. So, in that same train of thought, is there a certain feeling or emotion you want listeners to have while going through the album? 
Oh, no, as as said, like it kind of like it's like a TV show. Like there's gonna be ups, there's gonna be downs, like um there's a whole array of different emotions displayed and stuff like that on the album. Um I th- I guess like the only thing that I can kind of say emotionally is just you're not going to be prepared for what comes next in the record. I feel like that we have it, it's such like a all over the shop makes it sound like bad and chaotic but that's kind of like i guess the best way to describe it is like each song is different from the last um at least i feel like that and you know you're not going to be expecting each track or each feature to be like what it is um there are some obvious ones that you can point out like rio is obviously gonna be bonkers um and joe is gonna be bonkers but like i'd say with everybody else it's not necessarily going to be features that you expect as well okay Perfect. Uh, so what is your favorite memory that you made while creating this album? <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. Fuck. That's a good one. Um, I mean, my, my mind immediately goes to, uh, we had this argument for 10 minutes about whether or not a cheese platter is a dessert or not. Oh. And we got it on video. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like solidified in our memory now. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say that because it was just that's just back and forth like the entire yeah. time. Um, I also won? got really front. <laughs> who won? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did because I I used to work in a restaurant. <laughs> I have first hand knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd say probably the cheese platter argument is a really really fucking good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I also beat the shit out of Paul's guitar because he he had like a we used his guitar for um tracking the record and it's like this custom built like baritone telecaster that has a a a tuning bridge in it which makes everything keep tuned Mm -hmm. so it's meant to make my life easy but it fucking didn't (laughs) um and it was just it they just got to a certain point where we needed like noise feedback Mm -hmm. and i just grabbed the guitar and just quite literally beat the shit out of it in frustration um no Oh no no not like hard I didn't break it or anything. Like oh that, oh I my like god! Smashed, okay. I just like tapped the body like a whole bit. Yeah. yeah, I beat the shit out of <laughs> yeah. it to get that resonance feedback, and I was just like, oh, that felt so much better. Yeah, it's like you took this very nice guitar and quite literally beat the shit. Out of it. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh my god, you broke it. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. It's okay. fine. Okay. Well, it's not. It's not fine. It's it's still the the Telecaster, um, but <laughs> it still gave me a whole heap of trouble. But exactly, at least I got to get some frustration out of it. Um, exactly. yeah probably those two i guess like doing most of the vocals and stuff like that as well um i was saying that like like for for people who don't know coach is or steven canatelli um he's a band coach down here in melbourne that kind of like helps a lot of local bands out with kind of solidifying their live set um Mm -hmm. and providing advice like he's been in the industry down here for like 20 ish years now i want to say like he's been on the road since he was like 16 years old oh wow. wow um yeah so he's an old man um he's also kind of like my dad um (laughs) so we did the vocals together and going into it everybody was like or everybody in the band was like i wonder how much like mikey and steve are going to crack it at each other um and we only cracked it at each other the once oh in the entire five-week process of us tracking vocals we figured out that we spent 150 hours together tracking vocals and we 
only cracked it at each other the once and that's because I was hung over the next day and I thought that I couldn't do something and then he was like no just fucking do it dickhead gave me a snack and then like <laughs> I did it in the next take and I was like oh fair enough <laughs> oh my god that's impressive 100, man 150 hours mm-hmm. how did you guys like not go like completely insane like give up on music after all that oh he he, he technically did go insane there's a thing that we like to call music schizophrenia um where like it got to a certain point where like i have this as well just as a writer where you can hear melodies in the background that aren't necessarily there and it's really good for writing out like different parts and stuff like that to kind of help build out the soundscape Mm -hmm. um but he started having it with vocal melodies that weren't there and we'd be listening back to stuff and he'd be like hey where's that harmony that we did and i'm like what harmony (laughs) and he's like what do you mean i'm like we never tracked that harmony and he's like what do you I've mean? spent too much time in this room. <laughs> oh my god! So we quite literally sent each other insane, which I think is really cute. But like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love oh that, god. love that. Um, so picture this: you're on tour, you're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? Oh fuck! Uh, <laughs> what did we get last tour? Um, I stopped and got Doritos and coffee. Mm-hmm. Um. I can't operate without my morning coffee. Um, let's see. Uh, we actually now have a perfect answer for this. Um, between on the drive between Melbourne and Adelaide, so for people who aren't Australian, every drive between each major city where we play is roughly eight to twelve hours. Jesus! Oh my Christ. god! Yeah, that's why touring Australia sucks. That's that's <laughs> yeah. why touring Australia is four <laughs> dates, but it takes a week to do the run at least. Yep. It's real funny. I was I was talking to my like I was talking to. Do you guys know a band called Weeping Wound? I don't think so. They're from they're from Florida. They're uh-huh. some like they're really good mates of ours. I was talking to Dylan, their vocalist, about it, and he's like, "Oh, we got such a long drive ahead of us." I'm like, "Oh yeah, where are you driving to?" He's like, "Oh, I'm driving three hours down the road." I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck oh, you. three hours. Suck it up. Oh, that's cute. Right. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, um. In between Melbourne and Adelaide, there is a little country town called Keith. It's about three hours out of Adelaide. Um, and they have uh, country fried chicken or Keith fried tri- fried chicken, which so KFC. Um, <laughs> okay. But we yeah. always stop there in, on the drive to and from to get mm. food. And we always get fried chicken there. Nice. Even okay. our drummer, Nick, who's vegan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He doesn't get he doesn't get chicken chicken, but like oh, he okay. gets food and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but every time he goes in, he's like, "Fuck, I could break veganism today." Huh? He's like, "I might do it," you know. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, today I'm might be the close. day. The day yeah, that you guys, the, the day. day, the day you guys are in a bus and there's a bathroom right there, maybe he'll do mm-hmm. it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, on the topic of food, if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be, and why? Oh fuck. <laughs> Fuck, that's a really good question. I wish Paul was Thank here you. for that question. Um, because yeah, him and Matt are like big foodies. They're like always constantly going out to eat to restaurants and stuff like that. Fuck. Um what was it that Paul said on his list the other day? Uh it was a type of carbonara. Um, it was like a type of spaghetti carbonara, I think he said. Fettuccine mm. carbonara? That's it. Um mm-hmm. So we'll go with that. But for me personally, we have what's called a halal snack pack down here. It's okay. basically, do you guys have like kebabs and stuff like that? Or gyros yeah. over in the US? I can't remember. So mm-hmm. 
um it's like a it's like a foam box with chips down the bottom mm-hmm. with cheese and then it's halal lamb and chicken topped off with garlic sauce uh chili sauce and barbecue sauce oh my god that sounds amazing and it fucking destroys you i'm oh, vegan I and bet. that sounds good yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you say th- there are vegan options as well all right like, oh, there, can... you go, Shane. there we yeah. go perfect for me <laughs> um so yeah, you, fla- get, you can get falafel ones yeah nice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so for the last couple of questions it's going to shift completely away from music and go straight to death row boom so if you're on death row what would your last meal be with a drink Oh fuck me, dude! Um, <laughs> You're dying so right many now. options, so many options. Right? Fettuccine carbonara. No, um, I'd probably choose my mom's spaghetti. Oh, classic, classic Chloe response. Mm-hmm. That's always been my number one spot in the last twenty-five-ish years that I've been alive. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> um, as for a drink, it's a, it's probably a three-way tie between like a Coke, a vodka soda, or like an Asahi. Beer. oh okay. yeah yeah why not just get all three okay we'll do all three then there if, you go. if i'm go- if i'm dying then fuck it get all three. why not exactly yeah yeah uh so if you could live in one fictional world for a week where would you live mine <laughs> no i'm kidding that would suck <laughs> um, <laughs> that would suck it's like going GTA to hell for a second yeah. yeah it's like gta on crack um <laughs> Fuck, if I could live in one fictional world for a week, where would it be? Um, I'm tempted to say Harry Potter because of the amount of destruction that I would cause. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, like a lot of this like a lot of the arc focused around like a uh a fictional organization that deals with like the supernatural and the paranormal. Um kind of like the SCP fa- uh, SCP Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they're police officers as opposed to prison guards. So I feel like if I got dropped into that world, it would just pretty much be that. Like, mm. you don't need seven books to kill Voldemort. No. A Glock will do. Like, <laughs> oh my God, on, it could have been over in book one. If it could have been over in two minutes. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Wow. So yeah, let's go with Harry Potter. That's good. <laughs> That's crazy. You don't want to go to like a potion class or anything. You're just like, no, I just want to shoot Voldemort. Yeah, like, come on, on. get it done. It'd be easy. Exactly. Get it over with. Yeah. Or maybe (laughs) knives in Britain's case, because they're like us. They don't have guns. Um, But, yeah, (laughs) we're wrong with that. (laughs) All right. Um, So I have the honor of asking the last question, and every single person that we've spoken to have said that Mm -hmm. it is the most important question. What's your favorite color? Fuck. Tough one. It flips yeah. between red and green each Ooh. day. Yeah, Christmas. it flips. Because I love red. You can probably see from my light-up keyboard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but also as a huge Halo and Doom fan and their armor color, I've got to go with green too. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck. Let's let's bank on red because everything else in this room is red. <laughs> but your walls are green. Well, d- there we go. Yeah. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. There we go. You got it. Love it. Um, so as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Um October twenty eighth, Trinity comes out. Please pre order it. Um <laughs> that's 
that's really it for now. That's all I can legally say. I'm okay. not allowed to say anything else. Um, oh. But yeah, <laughs> for legal reasons, I will stop talking now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, pre-order the album, pick up some merch, I think. Oh, no, we do have a new Halloween shirt coming as well. That should be Ooh. dropping next week, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to be separate pre-orders from the album just because otherwise it's going to be a whole fucking mess and Nick is going to lose his mind again mm-hmm. Um, organizing all the merch. So, yeah, I think that's it. Hell yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you for now. This has been Mikey from The Gloom in the Corner, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast. <laughs>